Well, the big one has happened, and the drinking has already started for Ann. Matthias Ekholm has been traded from the Predators to the Edmonton Oilers for a big package that includes last year's first-rounder pick, Reed Schaefer, and Tyson Berry. We'll discuss how each of them could fit into the team moving forward. Plus, Predators play an interesting, almost surreal game at Bridgestone Arena that featured a pretty good debut. We'll talk about it today on the Locked On Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day every single day. We are your free daily Nashville Predators podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForeCheck.com, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I'm Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer and editor at InsideThePreds.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And I think it is only fitting that we start with a toast to Mr. Matthias Ekholm, the bearded Swedish Swedish Redwood, hard work to say. I promise I've not been drinking yet. Uh, To all the memories that he made in Smashville, I think uh, we definitely need to show some appreciation to that. So toast to Matty X to start off. That is yep. a strong, a strong beginning to the day. Well, let me tell look, you that I do have to work today. So uh, I, I don't know what this is going to look like, like minute 25 through 28 by the time we're done toasting. Yeah, I, I do have a meeting later today. We're going to see how that goes. <laughs> it might just be me crying in a corner talking about IT. Um, yeah, Matthias at home. This seemed an... Like a foregone conclusion. I mean, when people were talking about what the Predators could do at the trade deadline, all the way back in December, Matthias Eckholm's name popped up. Uh, and considering the circumstances, somebody with a lot of term left and a pretty sizable chunk, the return that the Nashville Predators got, I mean, it's it seems fine. Like, it seems fair. It's okay. It's just okay for me, as my daughter would say. Uh, Tyson Mary, Reed Schaefer, a first and a fourth round pick this year. So that's good. I think also you have to weigh in, like you said, freeing up some cap space. The Predators did retain 4% of Ekholm's salary, so they'll pay him 250000 for four years, a million dollars, which I think is the least we can do for Matthias Ekholm. Yeah just because of how fantastic he is. This one, I know it was a foregone conclusion. I personally was holding on to hope that that Edmonton wouldn't be able to put together a package that would be tempting enough for David Poyle, but they did, but yeah. they did. And, you know, we'll see how this pans out. I would feel much better about this if uh, Matias Ekholm came out and said, hey, you know what, I'm okay with this. Because let's face it, I think probably we can all say 
whether we like it or not, that Eki's going to be closer to winning a cup with Edmonton in his career than the direction the Predators are clearly going at this point. So hate it for Ekholm. Ekholm has not been one who has wanted to be a part of trade conversations. He has not wanted to be be traded. So it makes it, for me, extra difficult to appreciate any sort of package that comes in just personally because I'm like, look, this is a guy who I think wanted to stay in Nashville. But if you're looking at it strictly business, it's an okay. It's an okay return. I mean, we didn't get a puppy or a baby, and that would have made it a lot better for me emotionally, but it's just okay. Okay, can I can I hit on something though? Please. This like idea that, you know, it's it's we're we hate it for Ekholm and you know that we feel gross because he didn't really want to be traded. <laughs> Wasn't this the thing about rebuilds that everyone said, you know, when everybody is clamoring for a rebuild, you know, it's like, we need to make some trade. We need to trade these big contracts. We need to get younger. We need to bring more people in. And and then, you know, you trade somebody like Ekholm or Ryan Ellis a few years ago. And then, you know, the stories come out. It's like, I never really wanted to be traded. And then it's like, oh my God, how could the Preds do this? I'm so mad at David Poyle. He didn't want to be traded. Isn't this what a rebuild is? It is. Like, isn't this what people have been clamoring for? And it I, is. And it, it's not just you. I've seen that sentiment. And it's like, you know, I can't believe they're, you know, at first it's like, we need to trade. We need to trade anybody that we can get good return for. And, you know, with Ryan Ellis, you get back Cody Glass, who is one of the people you're building around. With Matthias Eckholm, you get a first round pick this year. And somebody, that, you know, a former first round pick, Reed Schaefer was the Oilers' first rounder last year. Mm-hmm. And, you, and it's the same thing. You get two young pieces to build around. And, you know, a pretty good defenseman in Tyson Berry, who it should be noted, based on scoring, is now the Predators' third leading scorer this year. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yes. Let's but drink but, to it's, that. <laughs> but that's, that's what a rebuild is, right? And so yeah. I, I don't get this sentiment of people saying, you have to trade, you have to trade. We need to get younger. We need to get good returns for anybody that we can get. And then we get somebody and then we actually do make a trade and they say, well, we didn't really want to be traded. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, David Poyle, damn you. Right. And look, this is going to be the path forward, you know, watching. And we're going to talk about last night's game a little bit later in this episode watching last night's game, watching the responses on Twitter to last night's game. And I'm thinking, you know, people, this is just the beginning of what you've clamored for. And while you may say, hey, I really enjoyed last night's game. You know, I know we didn't win, but it was exciting. And I love the young energy and all of this. That is not necessarily what this next path forward is going to look or feel like. And Predators fans are going to have to buckle up because I think it's very obvious at this point. You can use whatever word you want to use. The Nashville Predators are headed in a very different direction. You can call it a rebuild. You can call it a reset. Mm -hmm. And personally, I hate this move. I I hate this move. For me, obviously, because I'm Swedish. But also, I hate this move in the sense that when you're doing this resetting, this rebuilding, when you're starting to build around these younger players, I think there's so much value in having 
veteran presence. And of course, you have Roman Yossi. If the Predators were to get rid of somehow Ryan McDonough, if he were to waive his no-move clause and end up somewhere else, I think that is disaster for the Predators because I think you need some veteran presence on this team. The return for me is okay, but look, this is it. This is the path that we're on. I am going to hate this trade, Nick. Full disclosure, I'm going to hate this trade until the day I die and am buried back in Swedish country up in northwestern Pennsylvania where I grew up. I am always going to hate this trade, but this is what it's going to be. Like, folks, this is the path the Predators are on, and it's going to it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt sometimes like today. Uh, I think for me, the big thing is with Eckholm's contract, you know, he had three years left after this year, uh, about 6.25 left. And with that salary to retain basically means 6 million per year for Edmonton, which is still a big chunk of change, especially for the Oilers who like most of their cap space are tied up in Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Not a lot of wiggle room there. Uh, It was, I, I think, surprising to say the least that the predators were able to basically get their asking price. Remember the, the talk about what Matias Eckholm was worth was the predators wanted two first round picks. They get an actual first round pick right? and they get the guy who was last year's first round pick for Edmonton. So, I mean, vis-a-vis kind of the same price there. Uh, Tyson Berry comes back, which is basically a salary dump for Edmonton. Uh, you know, he's making about four and a half million a year. So the Predators right. only save about a million and a half in cap space this year next. But the big thing is the year after yes. when that cap comes off the books, they've basically now saved about six million in cap for the years, two years after next. And, you know, by that time, and, you know, maybe Cody Glass and Phil Tomasino and Luke Evangelista, who we saw last night. You know, maybe they got a core going. Maybe like UC Saros is still on top of his game. And maybe, you know, you have Roman Yossi and Philip Forsberg as kind of their like last big, uh, you know, push for a cup together. Maybe you use that cap space to go on somebody that can help accelerate whatever it is you're trying to do now. So I I like this move. Uh, And you know what? I I do like Tyson Berry too. I mean, we'll get into some of the reasons why in a sec, but I I do like the return. I think it's a pretty good return considering what the situation for Nashville was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know what? Nashville is being really aggressive as far as demanding, like setting high demands for these trades. Again, go back to the Tanner Janot Hall. You go back to, you know, you go back to this Matias Ekholm Hall. Like Nashville is collecting. I mean, their pockets are full right now, considering where they were two weeks ago. You look at where Nashville is now. I think it's going to be very interesting. We're only at Wednesday. I think it's going to be very interesting to see what do the Predators do with these full pockets up until Friday? Are they going to turn some of these things over? Um, are they going to use all of these picks and, and you know, maybe even Tyson Berry? Are they going to kind of roll things over to remove a, another big contract? Are they going to bring somebody in? Are they really going to sit on all of these picks? You know, I think I, I don't think the Predators are done. I think they're being very aggressive this season. You know, 
like flashback again. Remember when we said maybe Dante Fabro would move by the deadline? Oh my goodness, how the tide has turned. This is big. They even have any more defensemen after Dante Fabro? Yeah. So I think Nashville is clearly all in on the next chapter for this team. And and again, full disclosure personally, I mean, I hate this trade. I, I personally hate this trade. I hate losing Matias Ekholm. But the Predators are doing what they need to do to start this next chapter with as much advantage as they can. So, you know, here we are. Yeah, we are going to have a, probably a lot of news to get to between now uh, and Friday afternoon. That's for sure. Uh, so plenty more on kind of the capital implications of these recent trades where the Preds might stand. Uh, that's coming up later in the week. For now, we got more to get to on this trade, including what Tyson Berry brings to the Nashville Predators and do we think he is now a trade chip so we'll talk about that in just a second but first want to mention today's show is brought to you by a new sponsor indeed no matter how last night's game went anytime you take the field you got a shot at greatness and give your team the best shot at winning by recruiting more MVPs with indeed if you're hiring you need indeed that's because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. And Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you just need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Indeed partners with you every step of the hiring process so you can find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, Assessment, and Virtual Interviews. With Indeed Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job description, and you can invite them to apply right away. Plus, you only pay for quality applications that meet your must-have requirements. So check out Indeed and tell them Locked On sent you. All right, Dan. More from this Matthias Ekholm swap. Who I, I think you know. You, you look back on the career of Matthias Ekholm. Uh, what a career in Nashville mm. that he has had. I think still will go down as one of the more underrated Nashville Predators. You think of, you know, back when P.K. Subban was here, that line, Dante, or uh, Matthias Eckholm and P.K. Subban, Come on. was such a fantastic combo, shut down so many quality opponents. And I don't think it's any coincidence that the, the years that P.K. was healthy and Matthias was on full swing, that was the years that Nashville Predators looked the most dangerous team uh, do you have any favorite Dante or Matthias Eckholm stories? Now, this is going to sound crazy, and I'm kind of going off the path, but I do want to say that this is something that I loved about the Eckholm family, and that is I want to give a shout-out to his wife, Ida, mm -hmm. because I don't know if you remember several years ago, Julie Turris and Ida did a podcast um, called Off Ice with Julie and Ida. And, uh, and again, love Matias at home, but focusing on Ida here. And I want to shout out her because she is just a brilliant sports broadcaster. She is an author. She is just an incredible woman. But I loved, for me, that was such a an important connection piece as, you know, as a woman, as a wife, as a mom. They were really great about giving insight into what is this life like 
for families. And so I want to give a shout out to Ida because not only are we losing Matias, but we are losing her as well. And, and that one's a little bit tough, but I will say for me, when all of this went down and again, I came to hockey late, you know, I, I came to the Nashville Predators a little bit later than most people here in Smashville did. And at my first game, I was fascinated by it, but Matias Ekholm was the first connection piece to me because my friend who took me was going through the roster and she said, okay, this is, you know, Matias Ekholm, he's Swedish. And I was like, I'm in, yeah. like, I'm in, okay, this is my, you know, so just him being Swedish, he has just been a connection point for me. And I, I have loved him. I love his no nonsense. Ain't nobody got time for that straight shooting. I'm not going to put up with your crap. I'm not here for that. Just, just who he is. Like, I mean, yeah. and look, I've been drinking, I've been drinking some wine <laughs> this morning. So it's hard for me to put into yeah. words, but um, I just, I'm telling you, this is just one of those players I love. Like this one hurts me personally more than PK Subban did. And yeah. it actually is a little bit harder for me than the retirement of Pecorine. This one's a hard one for me. Uh, okay, I, I will let you have that. Well, sure. Rene is riding off into the sunset. Yeah, well, he's got to go hang out with Leon Dreisaitl. True. Uh, you know, I, I think the Predators if they play Edmonton again, and uh, I'm sure he's going to get like five assists off Dreisaitl's goals now. So <laughs> there's there's a uh, there's something to look forward to. Uh, oh. Let's look at the other end of this, which is the return the Predators get. One of them is Tyson Berry. Uh, who, as we mentioned, a right shot defenseman who is now the Predators' third leading scorer. Wow. Um, you know, this is I, it's intriguing, Anne, because he's somebody with a little more pop on that right side of the lineup. Uh, I think is a pretty good, maybe a second power play guy to try to get some of that power play guy. Now, look, I, I know a lot of people are going to look at his numbers and just say, yeah, he's playing with like Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. And I agree with that. Uh, I do think that certainly helps. But at the same time, you watch his game. Uh, he is a good puck carrier, really good at kind of driving plays and setting up plays. Uh, does get credit for it sometimes with points. But I, I think because of where he's played the past couple of years in Edmonton, uh, before that in Toronto, I think a lot of people kind of, you know, overlooked him a little bit, uh, a good depth, right shot forward. I think he's somebody that pairs very well with Ryan McDonough if they keep him, And that's kind of the million dollar question. Yes. So he's, he's got a year left on his contract after this year. Uh, and then he's an unrestricted free agent. Uh, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if there are teams, especially this week who are kind of looking for a quality right shot puck moving defenseman that might call the Predators and say, hey, that guy you just got, is he available? Uh, but, it, but it also wouldn't surprise me to see Nashville maybe just hold on to him for a little bit and see what they can do. It will be very interesting to see what happens next with him because I think we are hearing some people saying, hey, is this somebody they're going to go ahead and flip? Yeah. It could happen. I mean, you know, again, another right shot defenseman. So it will be very interesting to see between now and Friday what does happen Will we see Tyson Berry with the Predators at all? Is he going to become a part of some sort of a package? I don't think the Predators are done. 
you know, I, I don't think the predators are, are done making moves. I really would be surprised if, if they don't do something else before Friday. And I don't think anybody would be surprised if Tyson Berry is a part of some sort of move. Yeah. Uh, Reed Schaefer, first round pick last year. Yeah. Uh, he is uh, somebody that I think is more of a long-term project. Uh, if you miss it on the future OTF, our buddy Eric Dene put out a good thread, kind of breaking down where his game is last night. I mean, the Predators seem very high on him think he might be a big piece of the team moving forward uh but we'll have to see it sounds like he you know based on this season still needs a little bit of seasoning uh kind of having an okay year in the whl but i think there's room for improvement there uh yeah i mean it, it seems like the predators are getting uh between him and a first round pick a couple of things to build around uh, over the next couple of years. And as we mentioned, Ann, the Predators have a lot of draft assets. Uh, two for This year, two first-rounders, three third-rounders, three fourth-rounders. Uh, they have two uh, three second-rounders next year, and then two first the year after that. So it, there's a lot of things that Predators can do. What do you think they're going to do? Do you think they're going to sit on a lot of those picks, or do you think they're going to use them to make some deals? I think a little bit of, of both. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be very interesting. There are so many directions at this point that Nashville can go, because like we said yesterday, everything is on the table right now with the predators. You know, yeah. could they move a big contract? Could they bring in somebody else? Could they hold on to these pit? I mean, like, look, y'all, you're just going to have to stay tuned because who even knows between now and Friday, what's next? God, who? Like I said, Dante Fabro could leave the team and become a coal miner. And I would just be like, yep, that's that that's on brand. Sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, well, of course, other bit of news for the Preds last night was that they played a game against Thanks. the Pittsburgh Penguins. And it featured, speaking of the future, Luke Evangelista making his NHL debut. We'll break down the game and how we think Evangelista did in his NHL debut coming up in just a second. First, want to let you know this episode's brought to you by our great friends and our partner at FanDuel.com. The midway point of the NBA season is here, folks, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, which is America's number one sports book. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's right. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. So just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It is safe, secure, and super easy to use. And then you can go ahead and bet on everything from the money line to point scores. You can bet on three-point string. They have a fun little two-by-three. Will the team score two three-pointers in the first three minutes? If they do, you could win some money. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, Ann. So Nashville Predators versus Pittsburgh Penguins last night. Uh, an interesting game to see the least. I think a lot of people were overshadowed 
uh, you know, the, the Ekholm stuff overshadowed. It was also the first game at Bridgestone Arena since the Poyle Trots announcement. So kind of a surreal atmosphere. Uh, this was a nothing-nothing game for the first two periods. A good goalie battle between these two teams. Mark Jankowski got the Predators on the board first with an unassisted goal. Uh, and then the Penguins came storming back, though. Sidney Crosby tied it on a breakaway uh, with about nine minutes left in the game. And then just as it looked like we were setting up for OT, Jason Zucker with really a weird goal yeah. that just kind of snuck through UC Saros's pad for a bad angle. That happened with about a minute and a half left. Brian Rust, uh, one of the best uh, empty net goals you'll probably see in the NHL this year, made it 3-1 Penguins. And real quick, your one word to describe last night's game. I'm going with two words because there was so much packed into this game. My two words are vitality and sorrow. So this was a game where you saw a lot of energy from the young players. Again, we talked about Luke Evangelista made his NHL debut. You had Cody Glass. You have Kiefer Sherwood. You have Mark Jankowski. You have, you know, kind of these um, players coming up trying to prove themselves. So you had a lot of vitality, a lot of energy. Also, a lot of sorrow. Look, this was a game full of emotion for these players because the Ekholm news broke as the players were returning to the rink before the game. So they took the ice um, with, you know, a lot of emotion going on. I mean, Ekholm has been an assistant captain. He's been a leader on this team. So this was a game packed with emotion. It was, for a game that was 0-0 through 40 minutes, it was actually a really fun hockey game to watch. Yeah. Um, and, and I thought that was really exciting. But this was, you know, a, a glass case of emotion game for sure for the Predators. Um, you know, the highs of welcoming Luke Evangelista to the ice. And we're going to talk in a minute about his game. The lows of dear heavens, we have lost Matthias Ekholm. Are we ever going to get over it? The answer, friends, is maybe no. Yeah. And cheers to that. Mm. Um, this is going to be a weird one, Anne, because I'm about to take a shot of fireball right now. Yeah. One word to describe this game for me mm -hmm. is cleanse. Okay. And here's what you think. We've, we've talked so much about the Preds the past two seasons in terms of just the mood around the team, a lot of the fan discourse, this and that, all kind of chaotic headlines and stuff happening on the or off the ice as well as some disappointing performances on the ice. This seemed like a reset for the team like mm -hmm. this in particular. I know there are some trades last week and some games that have happened since then, but this seemed like the first glimpse of the new direction of the Nashville Predators. It really kind of showed what this team's future might look like. And there are some good spots and some bad spots. I think you're going to see some, as we saw last night during the game, uh, some sore spots from missing some of these quality people. There's a lot of chances that the Predators had that they created that they just couldn't finish on. I think that yes. tells you the Preds are still either in desperate need of Forsberg coming back or just a pure finisher, uh, Joachim Kamel, anybody. Uh, but I also think you saw kind of a breath of fresh air around Bridgestone. Like we said, the Poyle news in some of these trades is just kind of rejuvenating the energy, the start 
of something new. You're getting some new faces in there. You're seeing guys like Cody Glass, Luke Evangelista, Phil Tomasino wind up carrying a lot of the load now that some players are either injured or traded out. And you're seeing what kind of energy they're bringing. And I liked it. I really liked it. And, you know, a lot of the biggest critics of the Nashville Predators, you know, the people that were saying tear it down, rebuild, blah, 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 blah. You know, even though they lost last night, there was a lot of positive feedback on Twitter, online. A lot of people are like, you know what? We lost, but I love the way they played. I love the energy that we had. And look, we talked about the young players, but even guys like Matt Duchesne, we're out there skating with it's sort of this revamped sense of energy was really driving to the net. Same with Mikhail Granlund. How often have we talked about Mikhail Granlund looking a bit stale this year? He played with, you know, a lot of shifts with a lot of the young guys. Tommy Novak, he was out there with Cody Glass a couple times. Uh, Luke Evangelista at the end of the game. And he looked like he was like the proud papa out there gallivanting with his like young adult sons. Yes. It's just, I think there's, even though I think the Predators are going to have to take a step back at least for the next year, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they're probably going to be worse on paper the next couple of years, but you see a bit of rejuvenation, a bit of fresh air. And that's why it seemed like last night was the first step of this big cleanse to kind of let go of all the, you know, pressure, expectations, angst, you know, fan discourse, kind of let that go. And here's, okay, here's a glimpse of what the next five years might look like. I would agree with that. I think it definitely had that vibe. I am going to say I have a little content warning for Predators fans because I do think the vibe was very much like, hey, look, this, you know, we lost, but this is hockey I can watch. There was energy. There was vitality. You could see hunger on the, you know, on the ice, hunger from this Nashville Predators team, these young players out to prove something. And I thought it was a great game. Here is what I will say. This is not probably going to be what this next resetting phase is going to feel like the whole time. And I think the Predators fan base has to brace themselves for the fact that this isn't how games are going to feel. This is a game that was high on emotion this is also a game, and I and I say this kindly, against a Pittsburgh Penguins team that's really not that great. Yeah, I mean. You know, so I'm like, yes, the, the Predators lost, but that was good hockey to watch. But I think that the fan base has to brace themselves for the fact that through this next process in the start of this next chapter, there are going to be plenty of games that are not going to be fun to watch. And we'll get that too. Uh, yeah. Like I said, it's, it's not going to be a straight line. No, no. it is. Right. Uh, let's talk about Luke Evangelista. Yeah. Uh, and I watched this game and about halfway through the third period. I was like, in, in two years, that number 77 jersey is going to be a hot selling item at the Bridgestone Arena Pro Shop. I love the way this guy yes. played. You could see a little bit shaky at the start. Like you could tell he was still trying to like adjust to the NHL speed, but got better as the game went on. And I think that's an important thing. Uh, the sequence in the third period where he stole the puck, come on, almost got a goal, turned around in the ensuing, you know, scrum along the boards, knocked Evgeny Malkin on his ass, 
And then because it was a first game NHLer knocking Evgeny Malkin on his butt, <laughs> here comes Jan Ruta just slashing him in his retaliation, drawing the penalty and putting the Preds out on the power play. I'm like, that's like as good of a sequence as you'll see from any Nashville Predator this year. And it happened with a guy who was playing his first NHL game. I mean, I love what I saw out of this guy. A little bumps on the road. Like, I still think mm-hmm. uh, defensively kind of needs to have a little bit more awareness, had some opportunities to clear the pucks, uh, or or couldn't quite get it through transition. But that's something that he can work on. But love the energy. Loved how he played in the offensive zone. And also, and you saw it with the net empty when the Predators were down by one late. He was out there on the ice. Yeah. Yeah, he also had time on the power play. I think we should all be very impressed with this debut of Luke Evangelista. And here's here's what I will say that most impressed me is that as the game went on, there was nothing about his play that made me look at him and go, ooh, step behind, ooh, needs to pick up his speed. This is a, this is a young player who played an NHL game at an NHL level. Like you said, there's definitely some opportunities for growth that are going to come, but this was not a fish out of water. Luke Evangelista was not a fish out of water. And again, it will go down in rookie game lore, that hit on Malkin. I mean, if Luke Evangelista wanted to endear himself to the Nashville Predators fan base, I'm pretty sure he did it with that hit. But This was a young player in his first game that did not look outmatched. He did not look outplayed. He was right there in the speed of the game. I thought he generated some really great chances. I thought he was not hesitant to shoot. So, feel you know, you have to feel really good after this game at at what we see coming down the line from Luke Evangelista for this team. Yeah. And there's more to come too. Yeah. There's there's some players in the system in Milwaukee right now that are probably going to get their chances, if not this year after all the trades, then definitely in the next couple of years. And then, you know, hey, there's Yaroslav Askarov down there. There's Joachim Kamel tearing it up in Finland right now. Uh, like I like I said, and it's not going to be a straight line. There are going to be games where you see these rookies look like rookies. Uh, this is, I, I think, a good comparison is going to be like that 2008, uh, 2009, 2010 version of the Nashville Predators where they had traded away, you know, guys like, uh, you know, Kimo Tiemann, Tomas Vokun, Scott Hartnell, all these kind of big longtime pieces and basically handed the team to guys like Shea Weber, Ryan Suter, Dan Hamhoos, and just kind of said, all right, it's it's yours now run with it. You're going to see some growing pains, but I think you're also going to see some excitement too. And the other thing is if you see Saros plays like he did last night, second goal aside, this is going to be a team that's going to battle every single night. Like they're going to be in contention, whether fans want them to be or not. Yeah, I agree. And I think let's hope the predators don't make a move with UC Saros. We've heard about that because I think that Definitely with Saros in net, I think it really opens up, like you said, not a linear path forward, but an interesting path forward. 
Uh, well, I'm not going to tease anything for tomorrow's show because God knows what's going to happen <laughs> now and tomorrow morning. Who knows what we've traded, uh, but we will have more uh, kind of on the trade deadline coming up on Friday. Are there any more Nashville Predators that could be traded? Uh, and again, what do the Nashville Predators do with all this capital they suddenly have? And more importantly, this new cap space that they have. We'll talk about some of the possibilities uh, later this week. Anne, where can the people find your work? You can find my work online at InsideThePreds.com. You can find me on Twitter at AnnK underscore Mama on Ice. You can find me at OnTheForeCheck.com. Follow me on Twitter at underscore NSMorgan. And while you're there, be sure to follow the podcast at LO underscore Predators. That's going to do it for us on today's Locked on Predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We'll be back tomorrow with an all-new episode. We'll see you then.